Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Like a practice philosophy on offense, if a play breaks down, are you guys asking Justin to throw the ball up anyway so the defense and receivers can get a rep, or do you want him following, you know, hey, no, play broke down, throw it away? Because I've seen it done both ways. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question uh, also. I would say that we let the play go, um, even though that a defensive lineman might come through and and it might be a sack. We let it go because we want to work on our scramble drill on both sides. You know, so we want them to react naturally. You know, throw the ball, one, two, throw the ball, and if it breaks down, let's go ahead and scramble, okay, and then let's work on our scramble coverage and our scramble and our routes and our, our guys getting open too. So we never blow – you'll never hear me blow a, a – oh, that's a sack, you know, unless I want it to be a sack and for down and distance purposes. But typically I'll let, the, let it just play out. That's Matt Eberflus talking about Justin Fields and how he's trying to incorporate the defense into the scrambling drills. And – I know last year, and a lot of us were saying, why isn't Justin Fields using his legs more? And most were saying he believes in his arm. That's something that people have been saying since he was at Ohio State, Georgia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what kind of Justin Fields do you think we're going to get this year? Are we going to get one that scrambles a little bit more and uses his legs to get those first downs? Or are we going to get the guy who is trying to prove to himself, the team, the fan base, and the NFL that he is a pocket passer and can get the job done? My impression, my assumption, my my prediction is that we're going to see a version of Justin Fields who does try to highlight all of his skills because he's he's always been a guy who's been a willing runner, but not a necessary runner. You know, he, he's not one of these guys at, at any level of the game who's ever gone out of his way to kind of focus on featuring his legs in certain moments. He prefers to operate from within the pocket. He just happens to be an elite athlete. Uh, who's who's on the field playing the position as well. So I think we're going to see a Justin Fields is going to go out there and try to run the offense as it's designed. And so that's where I talked about this with you a lot during the season last year. That's where I thought Matt Nagy was falling short so much as a play caller because Justin Fields, as the, the type of quarterback he is, he's a guy that benefits from being called in to run plays. He's a guy that benefits from that being a design part of the offense. He's not necessarily, you know, he's definitely got the ability to improvise. We've certainly seen that both collegiately and professionally in a short time during his rookie season, but he's best when it's predetermined. He's best when you say, you know what, we're going to call some QB run plays. We're going to call some movement of the pocket and call him into movement as opposed to, you know, a la 
Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, some guys who who are purely who who are more elite in their in their reaction to improvisation, who are maybe quicker to want to start to run around with the ball in their hands. That's not really how Justin Fields prefers to operate. He wants a clean pocket. He wants to drop back. He wants to be that big game hunter looking for the deep ball. And, you know, the Bears just didn't do enough of that for him last season. I do believe that'll be a bigger part. My impression uh, is that without ever seeing Luke Getzey call a play in the NFL, but my impression is that that'll be a bigger part of how the Bears operate this season. You'll see plenty of run game from the tailback position, but you'll also see play action and called pocket movement getting Justin Fields on the go. And then from there, when he's just called into being outside the pocket, I think that's going to lead to more opportunities for him to run more naturally than just expecting him to be kind of a scramble quarterback from within the pocket. I'm looking at his stats from last year, and and I can't remember what happened in the Baltimore game. He's, he was only four for 11, 79 yards. I'm, I'm trying to think what happened. Did he get hurt that game? I'm, I'm trying to think. Tyler, can you look that up for us? What happened during that Baltimore game? Because I'm looking at his stats for the last you know, five, let's say four games of the season. This fourth to last against Pittsburgh, 291 yards. That was the game everybody got excited about. Mm-hmm. Baltimore was the ne- next game for whatever reason, four for 11. I can't remember right yeah, now. Yeah, they had, they had a bye week in that next game after the Pittsburgh game, if I'm remembering correctly, because I think there were a few games in a row where I really felt like Justin Fields was showing progress yeah. throughout that season. Then he had the the splash game, the, the one you know on national television against the Steelers that really kind of set the world ablaze where everybody kind of you know was thinking, all right, maybe he's arrived and we'll start to see you know this on a more consistent basis. Then I'm pretty sure they had a bye week, came back and played Baltimore, and I do believe that you're right. And this is just kind of memory off the top of my head, but I, I think you're right that he got injured in that game against Baltimore, and then from there, you know, he, he came back a couple weeks later, right? Because right. then he played on the 12th of December against Green Bay, 18 for 33, 224 yards, two tutties, two interceptions, and then the last game of the season against the Minnesota Vikings, really good job, 26 for 39. That. That's what I wanted to focus in on for a second. 26 for 39, 285 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Still got sacked three times. But what I wanted to focus in on was the completion percentage. You've heard me mention it a few times now. His completion percentage last year hovered at 58.9%. When he was at Georgia and Ohio State, was significantly higher, near 70%. Now, I know a lot of people, they're going to tweet uh, tweet and text and say, well, he had a great O-line and he was playing at Ohio State and at Georgia. But I think there's still something to be said to getting the ball out fast. Now, you obviously covered him at Ohio State. You do a ton for the Big Ten Network. Did you feel when he was at Ohio State that it was a product of that team? Or did you feel watching him with the eye test that he was capable of getting the ball out quickly and making those reads in college? No, I, I did think, you know, out of anything in the scouting report, part of where where I felt like there was a, an advantage that Trevor Lawrence had, where I had Justin Fields uh, in my rankings as the number two quarterback to Trevor Lawrence coming out in that draft cycle, Trevor Lawrence was more adept at getting the ball out quickly and in rhythm. But, you know, that like Russell Wilson still at this point in his career will hold the ball sometimes, and he is <laughs> right. cut from a similar cloth to Justin Fields where he's that big game hunter. He wants to hold the ball. He He'll move the pocket a little bit, and then from there, he's very accurate with his deep ball, and we've seen 
throughout his career where Russell Wilson has gotten better and more adept at being able to get it out of his hands quickly and within rhythm. And I think for Justin Fields, that's the same type of transition that he's going to need to be in the process of making as well. And that's where their offensive system will have to be geared towards utilizing that skill set, setting him up for some big-time play-action throws down the field. But even think to you know the system and the quarterback that Luke Getze just came from working with, Aaron Rodgers had the same bugaboo early in his career. Now, he's become, over the course of a lengthy, a storied, a future Hall of Fame NFL career, he's become a guy that's really difficult to sack because of the combination of mobility and decision-making, you know, being able to decipher things pre-snap, but then also the fact that he does. His mind is like a microprocessor, so he knows where he needs to go quickly with the football. And that information gets from his brain out through his right arm in a rapid manner, and so he's able to make it happen, and it's just really tough to sack Aaron Rodgers for a variety of those reasons. Justin Fields has the potential to make that same type of transition because we have seen other examples of guys a la Aaron Rodgers, who early in their career are very sackable, but then as you do learn the game at a higher level, you do get more more reaction, more rhythm and quickness to your read, to getting the ball out of your hands, then I do believe Justin Fields can become one of these guys who gets the ball out of his hands more quickly. And what's going to be key is for the Bears, like I referenced, to call him into some of those moments. But even at Ohio State, he was stellar, and it wasn't always with great pass protection, but there were games, you know, I talked about it a good bit even in the draft leading up to it against an Indiana defense during his last season in Columbus where the Hoosiers had a really good defense that year. Justin Fields struggled against them as his offensive line began to get banged up and he faced a lot of blitz packages and whatnot. There were some moments where Justin Fields looked human in college against a Michigan State team. Same right. thing happened there against a Michigan State squad where his offensive line was banged up. We saw him take some hits, face some pressure. He worked through it and led Ohio State to a bunch of wins. But his offensive line did get banged up quite a bit that year. And so there was a big burden that he needed to carry for the Buckeyes offense. And so that same concern I had about him in college has played out through a rookie season in the NFL. But again, you got to factor in how the offense was being run throughout a lot of that time as well, and him being a rookie. So like most rookies, there's progress Justin Fields needs to make here. That's where the development needs to kick in. And Quarterback is such a dependent position, Gabe, where I, I just feel like the the talent that's there, the the work ethic that's on display, you and I have talked about between him and Darnell Mooney, all the extra time that they spend doing the lonely work of just trying to make themselves great. So there's no reason that Justin Fields shouldn't be able to be developed into a high-level quarterback. How high-level? You know, how high is that ceiling? I think there's there's a lot of jury that can still be out on that, but – you know, can he play winning football, high-level football in the NFL? I don't have any doubt about that as long as the Bears manage it correctly. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. He played in 12 games last year, was sacked 36 times. I think that's the, the one that stands out right there. Nobody wants to get sacked three times a game by NFL players. But you mentioned the key word a second ago, and that's development. I almost feel not, – not I almost feel. Let me speak in definitives. I do not – I've not seen the Bears develop anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I can't put my finger on a player that I can say wholeheartedly, well, look at this guy. They built him up. They coached him up. He was only supposed to be, you know, X, and he ended up being Y. I haven't seen that in the last decade. So, I know I'm sure somebody's going to point out someone, but for me personally, I'm trying to pinpoint 
you know, where has that happened? And it, and it doesn't seem whether it's, you know, an Alshon Jeffrey, whether it's Eddie Goldman on the line, guys that haven't been consistent enough to, and, and, you know, or be coached enough to be development developed into these types of players that can help your team succeed. So I think of Justin Fields and I say to myself, can someone please get a hold of this guy? Can someone coach some of the players that are on our team instead of feeling as though you have this playoff bound squad and you're just plugging in pieces to help you get to that place instead of developing the guys that you've drafted to then build a team around them to continue to develop and have players get you to that promise. And it's frustrating as a bear fan to see other quarterbacks, other running backs, wide receivers, defensive linemen be coached up by the right people and see them perform well while your team is stuck in this, this quicksand of, 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 of horribleness that, that, that is. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it, right? It's yeah. like you, you you want that for Justin Fields so bad, and I don't know if I want it for him specifically, Ant, or if I just want it because I'm, I selfishly want the Bears to be a good team. Well, that that's the tough part, man, because I, I think specifically to your point, this the offensive skill position is where the Bears really, really, throughout Ryan Pace's entire time there, struggled developing offensive skill talent, like guys that they would draft and then bring them in and have those individuals become, you know, not just a, a tick better, but become excellent players in the NFL. You just didn't see that. Yeah, you would see it with some defenders, no doubt, especially like front seven defenders. We've seen the Bears be able to have those guys they've drafted come in and turn into good football players. Certainly not all of them, but I think where they've struggled most, man, I mean, think of all these receivers that have been drafted by the Bears in recent seasons, and, and none of the receivers turned into a consistent force there. Think back to like the early portion of Anthony Miller's career, the potential he showed there that just fizzled out for whatever reason. Even a guy like Javon Wims you know, showed some potential early in the season. He's a late-round draft pick, but very quickly fizzled out in his time here with the Bears. And, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't mean necessarily these guys have gone elsewhere and turned into star players either, but the Bears drafted them and didn't have an infrastructure in place that improved them. And certainly, you know, we talked a lot over the years about Mitch Trubisky. It showed some flashes, showed some potential, but wasn't developed here in Chicago. We'll see what happens with David Montgomery, man. I think from a running back position, where there's been multiple running backs here who, you know, showed some hope, showed some potential, had some exciting moments early on, and then they fizzled out for whatever reason, you know, whether – you know, you want to talk, you know, Tariq Cohen and some injuries. But even before he got injured, Tariq Cohen began to fizzle during a stretch in his career also. We True. certainly hope that he'll be able to recover from his injuries and turn into something again and, and get some more pro opportunities. But overall, the offensive skill, receiver, running back, quarterback, we haven't seen very many, if any, guys over the past decade who the Bears drafted and then as they nurtured them that someone kind of homegrown has turned into some sort of a, a consistent star player in Chicago. I think it's dependent on the coach, Ant. So the question really is, is Matt Eberflus that dude? Or is he just giving us lip service the same way Matt Nagy did? To answer that question, we're going to talk to lead Bears writer and podcaster for the Windy City Gridiron. His name is Jacob Infante. And we'll get those answers right after this. Don't go anywhere. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's the lead Bears writer and podcaster for the Windy City Gridiron. We got Jacob Infante. Jacob, what up? What's up? Thank you for having me on again. I appreciate it. Of course. Love talking Bears with you. I want to first ask you about Matt Eberflus. And and just, I mean, we haven't got much from him, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on him as a coach and what he can do to change the trajectory of the Chicago Bears. So I think that with Eberflus, you're looking at a guy who's obviously very talented, a strong mind from a defensive perspective, uh, a bright mind. So you have that coming in. And I think a big thing that he's going to bring in is physicality and tenacity and a want to, to not only win, but to compete and to play hard on every single down. And I feel like that was something that was missing a little bit from last year's bears team. So you have a guy like Eberflus in the system, someone who's proven that he can be a good motivator, someone who proves that he can be a good X's and O's guy on the defensive side of the ball. And I think, all that considered should make him, in theory, a good NFL head coach. Time will tell exactly what happens. And with the way the NFL is going, obviously the trend is more offensive-minded. But you have a guy like Eberflus. I think he's very important to what the Bears are trying to build, the culture they're trying to establish after losing a little bit of footing near the tail end of the Matt Nagy era. I think that he's going to be a guy they're going to rely on to put them back on track. There's a lot that's been made and discussed about the the available playmakers on offense that Justin Fields will have to work with in his second year in the NFL. 
how do you evaluate the current offensive roster and and what do you think of the the timeline aspect of it it's not like Justin Fields is a rookie QB who's going to be in a bad position here from an evaluation perspective he's going into a, a critical season in his career so what do you think about the situation he finds himself in with the surrounding talent honestly it's a pretty risky situation you're looking at a lot of the guys that they had on the offensive side of the ball are pretty unproven in big uh, roles, especially the wide receiver position. Darnell Mooney obviously being the outlier, but Byron Pringle's been a reserve his entire time basically with the Chiefs. Equinemia St. Brown was a reserve his entire time with the Packers. Valus Jones Jr. is a third-round rookie. He's already, what, twenty going to be 25 years old. Uh, I know so much has been made of that age. And obviously I don't think it's a massive concern, but it's, it's something to keep in mind when looking at his long-term outlook in va- value in this offense going forward. So consider that, and they don't really have a quality end outside of Cole Komet. I think the backfield, the tandem of Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert has a lot of potential in the grand scheme of things. The offense does have some potential to work with, but there's a huge margin of error for a lot of guys who haven't proven that they can be stars in the league or not even stars, just let alone starters in the NFL. So <laughs> I'm interested in seeing how that turns out. I think the timeline is it's going to take a year or two for the offense to fully develop in an ideal world. You have a couple of years to work with Getsy in that scheme to be able to build up some sort of continuity. And I'm fully expecting them to target wide receiver heavy in the upcoming offseason, whether it's in the draft and free agency, what have you. But there's a lot that's going to happen between now and then. So just for the 2022 season, I don't expect the offense to be great. I expect it to be better than last year, which isn't a high bar to reach. But obviously, this is still a work in progress. He's Jacob Infante from the Windy City Gridiron. Jacob, I was going to talk about your Twitter profile picture, but I'll save that for a couple questions down the line. (laughs) All right. Now, I'm all about what gets the people going. All right, and what seems to get the people going is the win totals for the Chicago Bears. It's a hot-button topic, and you just mentioned that you expect the Bears' offense to be a little bit better than they were last year when they won six games. How many games do you have pegged for these Bears to win in the upcoming season? I believe that it's going to be six wins again. I think that there's there's a little bit of a window. I think that five and seven is the range that you're looking at with the Bears this year. And hypothetically, yes, a new system, a new coach should be a lot to help, not just the offense, but both sides of the ball. But the fact of the matter is there isn't a lot of proven high-end talent on this roster. It's a lot of young guys or mid-level veterans who are stepping into key roles, and I don't think that's going to be enough to warrant a playoff consideration. But I think what's going to be more important going forward than just the wins, and I know that this is going to drive some people crazy because it's moral wins against actual victories, but how tough the Bears play and how close they are in each game. Like the Lions were the second worst team in the NFL from a record perspective last year, but they were in a lot of games and they played really hard. They didn't look like your average number two overall pick where there's very little going right. The arrows trending upward there. I could see something like that happening in Chicago with this new mindset that's being instilled. There's still plenty of pieces away to the point where I think that they're even in playoff consideration, but 
I could see this team playing better than the record indicates. So I'm sticking with six wins. I can see it going a win or two in either direction, but I think that's generally the range that you're looking at for this year. Why do you think the Bears are are in a position where there's going to be patience asked of the fans this coming season? And it seems like they're going to have to flex some patience internally as well with what the actual win-loss total is going to be this year. Did you anticipate that maybe there would be a little bit more aggression coming in in a first-year GM and a first-year head coach and you know maybe trying to spend some money? Or are you not surprised that they're just kind of setting things up likely to be a little more aggressive next year? I will say that given the recent Bears history and everything we've seen, not just with Ryan Pace, but in past general managers and past regimes, I am a little bit surprised. I'm not used to seeing the Bears stand pat in an offseason where they didn't do great the year before. I'm so used to them being super active in free agency, spending all this money, bringing in all these guys. I think in the long run, it could prove to be helpful if they're willing to spend the money in 2023. I think that's going to be crucial. The guys that they bring in on both sides of the ball, that's going to determine a lot, not just about the 2023 season, but about how Justin Fields is going to do on his rookie contract. So, yeah, I'll admit I was expecting them to be a bit more aggressive in free agency uh, this this past offseason, but I'm not mad at it necessarily because they didn't bring on any bad contracts. Like I can't look at any of the additions that the Bears made and say, oh, I really don't think that that was a good idea. I think it's going to, uh, I think it's going to backfire down the line. We, I, we didn't see any of those from a free agency perspective where you're tying in that much money to someone who hasn't necessarily proven themselves. So, yeah, that's my long-winded answer of saying, yeah, I was expecting <laughs> them to be a, a bit more uh, aggressive, but I don't hate the conservative approach for this year. I just think that we'll have to see what happens in 2023 first. Of course not. Because this is a feel-it-out year. We understand that. We didn't think you were just going to come in year one with a new coach, new GM, and all of a sudden try to make yourself this Super Bowl contender. You're going to try to analyze the team, see what you've done well, see what areas you can improve on, and then sign some guys that can help you next year. And and, in that way, you can compete for the NFC North. And and speaking of that, how many years out do you think the Bears are? from being competitive and being able to compete in the NFC North to take a, another title? In an ideal situation, I want to say a year. I'm going to be, I'm going to play a little bit more safe and say two years. I think two years we're going to see the Bears firmly in the NFC North race because keeping in mind what's going on in the rest of the division, the Lions are trending upward, but they don't have a long-term QB answer. The Vikings, I feel like they're stuck in this purgatory where they're not bad, but they don't really have too much going for them from a future perspective. And then the Packers, that hinges almost entirely on if Aaron Rodgers sticks around and assuming he continues the same level of play. So with all these questionable factors, I think it's there's a good opportunity for the Bears to seriously take advantage. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Next year could be a possibility, depending on how aggressive they are in free agency depending on how high they pick in the draft, if they're able to get some serious blue chip guys. But I think 2024 is probably just to be safe the year that we we should expect the bears to truly take that next step. Jacob Infante, our guest here on Chicago sports radio, 670. The score he is on the circle resort and casino in Las Vegas hotline. And the, 
the roster itself, you know, however we evaluate the talent of it, one thing that's been a bit of a stain on the roster that Ryan Poles has put together is that now three different Bears have been arrested for a variety of reasons. And, you know, just one individual situation in a vacuum, you could kind of look at each individual case and say, all right, you know, maybe there's a way to sort of explain it away. How big of a concern, how big of a, a black eye on the roster at this point without necessarily seeing any of them play anything together in a Bears uniform yet, but how much of a concern should there be by the fact that now three players have been arrested before we've even gotten to preseason training camp? From a fan perspective and from a media perspective, you know, as someone who doesn't have necessarily all the insight on exactly what happened with all of these arrests, I can't necessarily jump to conclusions in either way. I definitely think it's something that is worth looking at and saying, huh, you know, this didn't really happen in past years, I wonder what's going on here. Maybe their vetting process isn't thorough enough. Maybe there are other issues that are going on in terms of the guys that they're bringing in. I don't think it's a massive concern because, again, none of them have been massive offenses by any means, and the players that have admittedly gotten arrested haven't been key contributors or at least project to be high-level guys that they've invested long-term money in. But with all that said, yeah, it's not a great look to have three Bears getting arrested. Obviously, you <laughs> right. want your players to stay out of trouble heading into an offseason. So I think that there's valid room for concern, most certainly. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's something to say, okay, Ryan Poles did a terrible job in this in free agency based entirely off of this. But it, it's something to keep in mind going forward, and I think it's something the Bears management's going to keep a more careful eye on going forward in future off seasons. Jacob, forget Windy City Gridiron. You need to be on the Bears PR team. That was a beautiful <laughs> answer, man. That was like, you were like bobbing and weaving. You're like, it's not a big deal, guys. We're all good. These guys are out here getting arrested, bro. What I said the other day was, it's just something that's that you don't associate with the Chicago Bears team. Granted, they've had yeah. players that have had issues, but not to this level and this level of consistency in, in the off season. You're just like, what the hell is going on? And especially for a first-year yeah. GM and coach, it just kind of throws you off a little bit. But you, you did mention that some of those guys are not, you know, top-tier guys. And and and, and I want to fo- uh, change the conversation from offense to defense for a second because I'm curious for you personally. I mean, there's a lot of new faces on on the defense, but outside of Roquan Smith, who do you like on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, so first of all, if the Bears PR is listening and you have any job opportunities, uh, hit me up. We'll send you this clip. Tyler, get this, get this <laughs> clip, email it to Jacob so he can have it on deck, all right? <laughs> oh, man, but yeah, no, I think with this defense, you're looking at a lot of guys who haven't necessarily proven to be high-caliber contributors outside of obviously Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn this past year having an incredible season, a lot of it's upside and a lot of it's youth with these guys. I really like what they have going on in the secondary. I don't know if it's going to be great this year, but I think that down the stretch, this has the potential to be a really good group of defensive backs. Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon is a really intriguing tandem at cornerback. I think if anyone's going to get the best out of Eddie Jackson, out of all the safeties they've had since Adrian Amos left, it's going to be Jaquan Brister. I think that he's a really good complement to Ejax's game. And I don't think it's fair for to say, oh, he's going to be 2018 levels of good where he's 
getting like five, six interceptions in a season. But if we're looking at 2019, the year after, where he's still making the Pro Bowl, he's still making some plays, then I think that's an absolute win. So the safety tandem, I think, has some potential. The corners, I think there's a lot to like there. Uh, defensive line, I have some concerns, especially a defensive tackle. I think that you're looking off the edge. You've got Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson, two young guys. Gibson coming off of a really good campaign this past year, and Robinson's a bit raw, but coming out of Miami of Ohio, he's super athletic. He's got a lot to like as a long-term development. So I think that they're, they, the Bears have done a good job of betting on upside on defense. I'd like to see them in not just this offseason, but in future offseasons, maybe bring in a more reliable linebacker because Nick Morrow's coming off an injury. Out of three tech and Justin Jones, they brought in who I think is solid, but is he going to be the centerpiece that the Eberflus defense needs at three tech? I don't know. So secondary, I think is the big thing. I think that there's a lot to like there, and I'm really interested in seeing how they perform. The defense is going to be able to run. Certainly, given that, and that's one of the things that Matt Eberflus talked about as soon as he took this gig. Nick Morrow can run. We know Roquan Smith can run as well. And uh, it feels like Roquan over the last couple of seasons have shown himself as one of the top linebackers in football, but the accolades aren't necessarily showing up for him. Is he yeah. unheralded, underappreciated at this point in his career? A little bit. I think that generally I feel the league knows that Roquan's really good. I think that's more – based off of voters not giving him the respect he deserves from a Pro Bowl perspective, which, in my opinion, the fact that Roquan hasn't been in a Pro Bowl yet is just baffling to me because he's one of the best linebackers in the league right now. Uh, I know ESPN did their their survey of all these different execs and coaches and players and stuff, and Roquan was the fifth-best linebacker, uh, off-ball linebacker in the league. And I think that's pretty fair to have a guy top five uh, who's you know that good and he's been playing very well for all these years i don't think he's underrated a, a, as much as i'd like to say he should have been a pro bowler i just think that that's the only thing holding him back because he's got two second team all pro nominations so the media knows he's good uh and i think the players know he's good too i just think that the fact that he plays on a bears team that's underperformed hasn't necessarily got him as much uh, acclaim from a national, like a fan base perspective, as arguably he should have. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. We're talking to Jacob Infante of Windy City Gridiron. The number one thing in my group chat right now when talking about the Bears is that Bears are going to be playing, you know, a Tampa 2 style defense, but that's predicated on putting pressure on the quarterback. However, in the group chat, not me. But the group chat doesn't think that there are any bears that can create that pressure. Jacob, if you were in that said group chat, what would you say to defend that that position if for the Chicago Bears PR team? Okay, so I think a lot of it starts off the edge. I think that you're just admitting the interior defensive line could use some work. I mean, it's got some really good depth. I think some guys who could contribute and be good rotational guys, but they don't have a star there. So you're looking off the edge. Robert Quinn's coming off of statistically the greatest season for a Bears pass rusher in franchise history, leading the leading the organization in sacks. And if he can continue to turn back the clock, then and he's maintaining this level of play that we saw from him in 2021, where he was literally everywhere on the field, 
and you got Travis Gibson, who had a really good year once Khalil Mack got hurt, and you're bringing in Al-Kadeen Muhammad, who's a solid rotational piece, Dominique Robinson, the rookie, who's really athletic and has a high ceiling going forward. I think there's a lot of potential off the edge, and I think that's going to be huge if the Bears are going to take that step as a defense, and a lot of it's going to come off of the pressure that they generate off the edge. And obviously in this Tampa 2-style uh, Eberflus, Lovey Smith, Rod Marinelli tree of defense. You'd love to have some pressure up the middle. So I'm interested in seeing how that turns out. But I think that off the edge, there's got to be uh, a lot of potential that I'm really interested in seeing how this group turns out. When you look at the fact that you've got so much newness around the organization, first-year GM, first-year head coach, uh, first-year offensive coordinator, is there any of that newness that you feel like you have the best sense out of those first-year guys? Because at least as a defensive coordinator, you got a guy who's done it before. Uh, but out of the newness I referenced there, is there anyone you feel like you have the best sense for, for what they are in their role? That's tough. And I feel like there, to varying degrees, there's a lot uh, of uncertainty. I'd actually go with Eberflus in a head coaching role. I think that you consider the fact that he's not going to be calling defensive plays. That's going to be new defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. And Luke Getze is going to be calling plays on offense. Eberflus, not calling plays, but he's generally overseeing everything. You're looking at a lot of culture that's brought in, a lot of the locker room mentality. And I think that we've seen with these Colts defenses, it's a lot of, a lot of guys who have arguably overachieved, like mid-round draft picks or late round draft picks who have stepped in and truly made an impact along with, you know, you make your, your splash play with DeForest Buckner. Uh, so I'm interested in seeing what Eberflus can do in Chicago with a group that honestly has had more investment in it than what he had with the Colts for the most part. So I think that Eberflus is probably the safest sure thing. If I could choose one, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, questionable things, in terms of, okay, what do we expect from the offensive play calling, the defensive play calling from Ryan Poles as, you know, in free agency once he's got a full uh, deck to work with. But I think Eberflus, you generally know what you're getting with him. So I think that should prove to be a solid hire in the long run. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but a, a pretty high floor. All right, Jacob, before we get out, get you out of here, we got to go back to your Twitter profile picture. Now, Anthony Heron is by far the best-dressed guy I've ever worked with, whether it be on TV or radio. So I'm curious what your take is on this. And suit, you, got your, you got your collar, right? You got right. your suit jacket on with your collar, shirt underneath, Jacob. Yeah. But, you, but, but you, you look pretty young in your picture, and you got the young thing going where you got the buttons on the corner of, of your the, the wingtip of the, of the collar. You know what I'm talking about, Ant? Like the little I buttons, do. right? Yeah. Is that, is that, a, is that right. taboo, Anthony Heron, or is that okay? Are we, we, we allowing that now? What's going on there? Well, because some of the rest of the cow looks just a little bit ruffled to go ahead and button it down. Yeah, yeah, pay, make sure you pay the, the extra $7 for the nice shirt, all right? Pay the extra $7. But we got to talk you to you. Go ahead, go ahead and put your, uh, what do we call it? What's, what's the cash app? Go ahead and give Gabe your cash app. You know, let, let him <laughs> right, know where right, right, to right, donate right, so right. he can be out there while he's spending somebody else's money hey, out hey, there. I'm let trying to get him the job with the PR team on the Bears. I'm trying to do my best job over here, all right? <laughs> I'm a terrible dresser, Jacob, so don't don't worry. Don't listen to me about any of that stuff. I still have a ton of shirts like that. Hey, Jacob, thanks for hanging out with us today. Appreciate you for giving us some of your time, all right? 
Of course. Thank you for uh, thank you for humbling me today. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Lead Bears writer and podcaster for Windy City Gridiron. Of course, Jacob Infante joining us here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. On the other side of this, Ant, I, I, um, they just came out with the quarterback tiers. You've been seeing that Ooh. all day today. Uh-huh. And a lot of people were in this top 10 that I couldn't put wrap my mind around. But Justin Field is in tier five, and it's not in for you. it's in tier sure five of you. Papa number one tier for me. <laughs> as long as he's wearing a bear jersey, but we're going to discuss the, this tier system and and if Justin Fields is better than anyone in tier one, two, three, or four. Who are those quarterbacks, and can Justin Fields surpass any? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Give them... We'll talk about that on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. If one more football fan says Justin Fields is trash, you're going to see some Gabe and Ant in your lobby. All right. So this we got some pretty good, from what Tyler told us, we got some really, really good interaction on the text line which is brought to you by Rose and Hyundai of Algonquin Safe Time Shop Online at RoseandHyundai.com when we were talking about Jordan versus Morant and what that mm-hmm. score will be in the games of 16. I, I would love that same interaction on, when I'm going over this list right here. 312-644-6767 Anthony Heron, I'm going to read to you the quarterbacks that are in tiers 1 through 4. Now Justin Fields lands in tier five on this this uh ranking system off mm. of uh, cbssports.com uh, so you listening though when you hear a quarterback that you feel justin fields is better than then you, you i want you to throw that name in there so i can know where your mind is at like is better than as we sit here and speak right now yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. as we sit here and speak right now because i'm trying to see if justin fields can squeak eke his way into the top four mm. tiers instead of <laughs> this top five that he's in all right so okay tier one Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and surprisingly, Justin Herbert. Hmm. That's it. There's only three guys in tier one. Wait. Yeah. I'm just what? going I'm just going off I'm just going off with CBS Sports. <laughs> this ain't my this ain't really? mine. You wow. know you know this ain't what mine look like. <laughs> tier two. So nobody there. Justin Herbert. I like Justin Herbert. But there's wait, a wait, wait. Read tier one to me again, real I quick. know. Josh Allen. <laughs> Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Okay. I mean, hey, like I said, I didn't come up with this. Missing several names there, but all right. Tier two, 
Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Murray. That's your tier two right there. Are they they're doing these tiers in order of who they think the best current quarterbacks in football? It says are? tiers are better than rank. This is according to this article. Tiers are better than rankings. I believe that's one of the few statements that they have come to agree on. But don't worry, there's plenty of things to disagree about. Blah 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 blah. This we we haven't heard the name Aaron Rodgers yet, correct? Oh, wait. It, must, it must have been a Bear fan that came up with this thing. And, so wait, first let me ask uh, you this. And Jalen Hurts is in Jalen Hurts tier two, tier three. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow. Okay. I mean, tier for, four. A, for a tier three, that, that seems reasonable. Tier four, Stafford, Cousins, and Rodgers. That's where, that's where Rodgers comes into. I think they're looking at his – Wow. Inability to win a Super Bowl. I'm just, I'm just throwing shade. I'm I mean, yeah, shade. I mean, <laughs> say that about well, one. At least Rodgers has a Super Bowl <laughs> right, under his right, belt, right. and a whole lot of the names that have been named so far haven't won a Super Bowl, haven't been to, uh, haven't won a playoff game yet. In case of Justin Herbert, hasn't even been to the playoffs yet. So yeah, there's, there's tier a lot to five. Be tier five. I'll run through that because that's where Justin Fields lands. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Deshaun Watson, Tua, and Trevor Lawrence. So he's in that tier of people that have upside. Now, nowhere in the first four do you feel that Justin Fields belongs? No, not yet. Not yet. I, I don't take any issue with him not being in the first four tiers of quarterbacks based off what we watched play out last season. Uh, it's completely fair. Now, do I think after this season he's got the potential to, to vault ahead of and, and beyond a number of names on that list? I certainly do. Um, now, like I've mentioned to you several times, we were just talking about with Jacob Infante a few minutes ago. I, I don't believe the Bears have surrounded him with requisite talent to put him in a strong position to to put up impressive numbers this season. So, you know, if Justin Fields can really show any more than just marginal improvement with the offensive roster that he's surrounded by and the inexperience on the old line and everything else, then you know, I, I think. I think he needs to be graded on a scale for the moment for what, what he's about to be put through this coming season. But that being said, uh, I, I love the potential of Justin Fields. But at the moment, based on what we just saw this last year, no, I, I wouldn't put him in the top four tiers of quarterbacks You know, based off the list that's there. I was going to trash Kirk Cousins just because I feel like mm-hmm. the Bears play very well against him. And I was like, oh, it's Kirk Cousins. That's the guy. And then I just looked at his stats. Yeah. He has a quarterback rating over 103 in his last three seasons. Over 103 in his last three seasons, all three of them. And like I mentioned about Justin Fields earlier, where I said he needs to improve his completion percentage, he's hovering right around 68, 69%, throwing 4,000 yards. Of course, he has some great weapons to throw to. But last year, and Kirk Cousins, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's impressive. Like if Justin Fields can get to to that space, then he most certainly will be able to. I mean, geez, he might cat, he might go past tier four and go into the tier three. Jalen Hurts, I don't, I don't, I have an issue with him, and Dak Prescott, I feel like is overrated. So <laughs> I think I put Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins in, in a similar category. Right. I think they're both guys who put up big stats, who have some nice moments. They do. Like I mean, even look at from Kirk Cousins' perspective, he had some late game comebacks. This past season, it has some moments where some teammates let him down with some drops, yeah. and 
blowing protections and whatnot. So I think both guys are good, are more than competent quarterbacks who are going to put up big-time stats. But we've seen those guys at different points in years past. Also, in the end, is either guy going to be the linchpin to, to win you a Super Bowl? I don't think we've seen that, that ability for either one of them to be like the guy right. that takes you to a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, best season of his career last year, 69% completion percentage, 4,500 yards, 37 tutties, and 10 interceptions with a rating of 104.2. I mean, these numbers seem absurd to me because I'm a Bear fan. I'm a Bears fan, right? So it's now, like, I mean, are there guys that they put in those tiers? Like, would you put Justin Fields ahead of many of those guys right now? For some reason, the one name that's standing out to me the most is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts me, says that's they me, had like, him, what, searching. tier two? Tier two. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Who who wrote this, man? Did, did they put a name on it? Or this <laughs> Do you want me to put him on blast? CBS Sports staff. Do you yeah, want, want you to put him on blast? Heath Cummings. We should have had him on to, to, to defend yeah, this one. Yeah, that would make for a – Lively debate. Mr. Heath, <laughs> I don't know. I love your candy, but I hate your statistics. It's terrible. Jalen Hurts, uh, 3,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. So they're probably talk, thinking what he's going to do in the upcoming year. Whatever. Hmm. Hopefully our guy, Justin Fields, can have a phenomenal year, win the Bears more than six games, and then get into that. But that's just wishful thinking by all Bears fans. All right. Enough of that, because I know you're right now you're just hurting in your heart listening to anything about the Bears. The only thing that's making you happy Bears. Yeah, is knowing that it's right around the corner. Bears season. Uh, the, the Family Fest, I believe, is like a month away. So we're going to be looking forward to that. But we are going to be talking about another team in Chicago, and that is the Cubs. They've been playing somewhat well as of late. Ran into, a, obviously, one of the best teams in the league in the Los Angeles Dodgers. But is there a shakeup coming on the north side? We'll talk about that right after the break. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, 